the second Strategy Mob Summit table discussion featuring Tyler Champagne, Justin Robinson, Paul Long, Ted Lancaster, and moderated by Jason Harris. So guys, uh, here's, here's what we're doing today. This is a strategy table, all right? You don't necessarily know what the dealership scenario will be given. They're in these cool little white, very securely safe um, envelopes. I don't even know what's in them. So uh, you guys will get a chance to kind of read through the dealership scenario, and then you will be challenged to create either anywhere between two to four strategies to help that dealership either overcome their scenario or meet the objective or goal that is into that scenario. We're gonna give you guys five minutes to kind of think about it, and then we're gonna get straight into the discussion and have some fun today. So you guys ready to go? Absolutely. All yes. right. Mr. Champagne, there you go. Mr. Robinson. What's up, Ted? Thanks, sir. <laughs> What's up? I'm just, I'm just All right, Dodge Is it a team These aren't even event, sealed, or? Jason. <laughs> <laughs> they're not even sealed, I know, right? I told you they're totally safe. Now, guys, here, I'll, I'll read through you guys' scenario real fast, and then I'll give the, the timer will start with that fun Jeopardy music, and <laughs> you guys can start making your notes. Okay, so. Uh, this is a used car department scenario. So we're back at ABC Motors. I feel bad for ABC Motors, man. They, they're, they're having some rough times right now. So ABC Motors has always had an underperforming used car department. The current used car manager is retiring. Well, that's, that sounds fun. And ABC Motors wants to rebuild their used car efforts to be a modern and progressive department. How can ABC Motors execute outside of the traditional used car department box. All right, we got four strategies, guys, we're looking for here. We're looking for a online used car strategy. That's outside of the box. We're looking for a in-house, kind of a, a, an in-house strategy. So we'll talk about maybe like existing customers, right? Then a operation strategy from a sales process or reconditioning process or whatever process you guys want to focus on used cars. Again, uh, an outside of the box strategy. And then we're looking for a marketing message, an outside of the box marketing message for this new used car department. Guys, you have five minutes on the clock and then we will get into the discussion. Let's get this conversation started. So just, just to recap real quick, ABC Motors um, is gonna take some time to kind of redevelop their used car department. They want a modern and progressive department and they're really looking for some outside of the box type strategy. So we're gonna start with uh, the online strategy. Paul, I'll start with you and then we'll kind of work our way around and then we can have a little bit of back and forth and that'll be kind of the, the pattern that we'll, we'll go. So. Um, Paul, with you, how would you, what kind of online strategy are you thinking um, for this? One thing guys? I've, we all know used cars sell themselves. I mean, it's really a market geared towards pricing that's pretty hard to beat. Um, but things you can do online, I find, are something that your, uh, your competitors aren't doing, something that's helping them sit at home um, and enjoy the vehicle or look into the vehicle more than your competitor's doing. Uh, something like a 360 test drive of these vehicles as well. Uh, especially with people wanting to stay home, that's kind of eliminating a lot of the questions going to be the layout of the vehicle. Um, you can even get your salesperson involved in this as well, so they're kind of, kind of uh, already breaking down that barrier or that wall with the customer. Um, 
and just keeping them at home so they're still feeling safe. I mean, you feel like you can get a lot further with the process compared to what your competitor's doing. Hey, Ted, for yourself? Yeah, I think one of the things that I would look at as, as an opportunity for success is, is develop uh, your used car website own URL. You can face that and point it back to your own dealership, but to create a bigger presence, and, and I mean, you don't have to necessarily say it's the ABC Motors online super center, um, but if you create an impression that it's larger than it actually is, will will garner some some interest for sure. Um, you know, online make sure available. We can find any make, any model. Make sure your customers understand that whatever they're looking for, you can fit that need. Uh, and I still think that there's perception out there that the used car buyer is buying it because they they don't necessarily have the um, affordability to step up into a new car. And I think with an online presence, you can, you can make sure that customers understand that these are near new cars, that you have tailored them to the market to be as clean and pristine as they are when they were new, and that there's smart value. So it's about education as well. So I think if you make your site educational uh, and you're, take your online strategy, create a lifestyle around it, um, I think you do very, very well. Uh, I think there's one company out there that I know of very well, H. Gregg, and they sell nothing but used cars for the most part. Yes, they have some new car dealerships. But every, every picture you see on LinkedIn, every video you see from them, everything is about that lifestyle and it's all used cars. Uh, and you know, they're a juggernaut in Canada, probably one of the largest, if not the largest in Canada from a used car perspective. Uh, and I found that their methodology of, of that and then you know, retargeting is important too, right? If someone pops into your website, be able to retarget them at a later date with, um, with the tools that are available through social media and, and other online uh, opportunities. I like the standalone website. I'm wondering if they could even do like a, a standalone like GMB, like a Google My Business, you know? Too often that we kind of pigeonhole everybody with you know, all departments into one account when there's definitely a perception of it being its own could have some great well, value, could, so that's pretty cool. We could pull up 50 websites and the first thing that's listed is new. Yeah, oh right. yeah, 100%. So, so we know that dealers, OEM, 100%. franchise dealers, uh, that's, I mean, it's obviously the mandate of the OEM. Well, of course. So why not create that opportunity? Um, and I've had dealers that have even, you know, they're, they're very intuitive and very smart and they have property and they've sectioned off and made that used car so it's not necessarily in, you know, on the same property as the OEM space. Uh, and they create, again, that own used car superstore. They bring in... Oh, separate brand. Yep, separate brand no overheads to the separate brand, any of those different types of things. Uh, and it works quite well. Hey, Justin, for you, kind of an online strategy, you know, kind of thinking outside the box for these guys, what, what, what would you say? Well, the website is, is paramount, first of all, right? It has to be easy to use, has to be easy to navigate. Customers should be able to take themselves most of the way through the process on the website. Um, and then you're there for any inquiries that they have outside of that, which also means that communication through the website has to be key, whether it's some type of uh, live chat service. Um, I know we have a textable uh, phone line for our dealership, uh, which goes through to any of the available sales reps, but that means that that person is getting instant engagement on, on the vehicles that they're interested in as soon as they're still on that page looking at it, because there's nothing worse than submitting a lead and something, no one getting back to you for another 30, 35 minutes, and then you've totally moved on to a different vehicle by then. Um, it's about keeping the, the audience captive in the ease of use and in the, in the response time. Um, getting out of, or out of date models off the website, stuff that's already gone. And the other thing is as soon as something comes in, uh, having a system set up where that vehicle is on the website and 
one of the best practices that I've found is as soon as that sales rep takes in a trade-in, if that's where you're sourcing your used vehicle from, they're just shooting a quick, hey, this is a 2016 Honda Civic that came on the lot, just was traded in, telling a little bit about the story of the vehicle and uh, just getting something up there right away. You know, you can, ex you can even say, excuse the mess, we just got it in on trade, but I had to show this thing off. And just as long as you've got your up-to-date inventory on the website, that's going to be the first step to making sure you grow the used cars inventory, the used car business. Can I just add something on this chat too? I mean, a lot of us cop out by doing these third-party chats, these bot chats, and customers read right into it. I've seen the chats as I get the lead, and they're just pissed off by the end of it. They're asking questions, they're not getting answers, um, and they're moved on. And that's really a big part about this as well, about being online is you need to have somebody that knows the information that can actually answer it and is gonna be direct with them. You can't drag this on like you said, okay, I'll get you a sales rep in 35 minutes. I'm sorry, I moved on to the next guy. Um, or I've asked you three questions and you can't seem to answer any of them. Again, I'm moving on to the next guy. You need to have people that are controlling this chat to actually know what they're doing um, and stop just copying out on these third party bots or companies that are literally just basically message handlers. Yeah, it's, it's a good point. I, I did some testing with a third party um, dealership that had third party and it, uh, what's your name? And I said, are, are you interested in a car? Or what car are you interested in? And I said, I'm not interested in a car today. Thank you, I'm not interested in a car today. How much more? And it was, <laughs> yeah. so instead of, because they're looking for a name, right? So they, they took that and responded as, you know, I'm not interested in a car as, as my name. And it just came across incredibly unprofessional. Uh, and I think chat is fantastic. I think the ability to directly interact with a consumer in real time is fantastic. And on their terms. And on direct. their terms. This isn't direct. No, this it is... has to be direct. And yeah. the only other thing that I would say is, um, you know, with, with websites, and I visit a ton and I visited a ton as COO watching what the dealers were doing. Some are incredibly intrusive. Every time you lift it up, the pop-ups are ridiculous. I mean, it's, I, I, I think I've probably jumped off of sites more in the last, I would say, year or so with that scenario in place because it's just, I just want to see something. I don't want all the junk. Um, so I'm in big favor of dealerships that have the live chat button bottom right or over on the left. It's there if you want to use it and it's noticeable, but it doesn't pop up and multiple pop-ups and being intrusive into, um, into, into what the customer is really trying to do, which is search something out on your site. And like I think it came up in one of the panels yesterday, you're we're constantly being compared in time-wise, how long it takes them to pull up Netflix or DoorDash or whatever it is on their phone. And if they can't access a person in that same amount of time, they'll lose interest and move on. Uh, Tyler, would you, how would you like to add to that, to that online strategy? Well, I think we need to change our name. I don't know if ABC Motors, it's kind of getting tired. <laughs> a little, no. um, to go sort of way outside the box, I would say Instagram and TikTok reviews of cars that you have come in, you know, something social, quick. So social review. Yeah, like something that. quick, something easy, something digestible by people. And, you know, maybe you have something, you know, a, a segment or whatever called three things you didn't know. Because, um, you know, I can watch videos about the products I sell and find out information that I didn't know. So, you know, three things you didn't know about, you know, the 2016 Honda Civic. You know, here's how to open the trunk. Here's how to change the radio station and that type of thing. And that gets, you know, you could have your, your branding on it, your dealership uh, sign in the background, and also look at this fresh piece of inventory we have, something a little different than, than a walk-around video. Um, you know, you can have them on Instagram Reels as well as TikTok. Again, something quick, easy, digestible for consumers. Um, and the other thing is, I think you, you sort of alluded to it, um, having photos of every car that you have online 
right away so that people can see it and look at it. You know, used cars are, are unique um, and, and people buy them because they can see them. And you know, having, to, having 25 pictures of, of a used car online is super valuable. Someone can see what the interior color looks like. Does it have a sunroof? You know, there's nothing worse to me for new or used cars than stock photos online. People swipe right by that or go to a different site. So again, but having that done quickly too. You can't have stock photos on the website for five or six days. You know, you need to have it cleaned up and, and on the lot and, and on Instagram, TikTok and the website ready to go and showing off the inventory that you do have. Yeah, and I think that's important. I think one of the things that's missed and we're probably going to go into, I'm going to tap into the next section probably a little bit here, but part of that strategy for in-house is, you know, when that used car is traded in, almost in sync with delivery of the new car to the consumer, if they brought in that trade, it's got to go into the cleanup bay. Mm -hmm. Because as much as I appreciate that you want to get everything up as quickly as possible, for the person that's out there that might just happen to pop on while that dirty car is, you know, because you're trying to rush it to that endpoint, I think you should spend the time to make sure that car has a detail done as soon as it comes in, get the pictures done, get it up as quickly as possible. Obviously, you want your inventory as fresh, even if it don't have pricing. Coming soon, the pricing or, you know, however you want to phrase it. Um, but getting clean pictures is important because, again, it's like I said yesterday about the website. If, if the website's in disarray, I don't know that I'm going to trust that the operations are going to be in sound working order. Um, if I'm looking at pictures of cars and, you know, they're covered in soot, it's wintertime right now, there's road salt and dirt on the inside and the carpets look like they're a disaster. Uh, I don't know that I want to buy that yeah. car either. Or, yeah, or even outdated pictures. Like if you are looking at a car in July and the car's got snow on, you're like, shit, what's wrong with that car? It's been there for fucking six months, right? Yeah. So yeah. Where's this dealership located? Yeah, exactly. And that does kind of go into the kind of in-house experience, right? So I'm Tyler, I'll actually start with you and thanks Ted for kind of leading us into that, into that next strategy. And then we'll kind of work our way around. So is anything else that you'd like to add kind of that to that in-house strategy? Yeah, so, you know, sticking with sort of the online social thing is having your salespeople with an online presence. So, you know, maybe that the store itself has this Instagram and TikTok, but salespeople also have it, you know, advertising on, uh, you know, having on Facebook and YouTube and that type of thing, making sure they're active on social uh, with their customers. And again, it's something, something diverse on their page. There's, you know, I've, I've seen salespeople who have, you know, 60 delivery pictures of their car um, on their Instagram. And that's all they have. It's just pictures. That's boring. No one's going to follow that. That's not going to get a lot of engagement um, from consumers out there. So, you know, yeah, a 30 second, hey, ch check out this new car, this new trade-in we just got. Um, look at all the, you know, here's three cool features it has that you might not know about, that type of thing. And this could kind of go for, for an operations one as well, but having signing and brandage, branding for your used car department. You know, I've seen a lot of, you talk about OEMs and, and the new cars is the first thing on the website. You know, at, at our store um, in particular, I know it has at other OEMs too, people come in and go, I didn't even know you sold used cars. Well, you, oh, I didn't know you had a, a 2016 BMW. Yeah, we got that in on trade for, for a Yukon. And they, oh, I had no idea you guys even sold used cars. So ha even having a separate sign is something as simple as that. Is people going, oh, there's, there's the used car department. I'm going to go see what they have. That's a good one. Justin, anything you'd like to add kind of that, to that uh, in-house strategy? Uh, the more information we have about the, the units that we have in stock, the better, and the more forthcoming we have to be with that information to the customers. Um, having some, uh, I mean, we've currently got them, we call them storybooks, but basically you open it up, it's got the Carfax. If it's a, a vehicle that was bought at your dealership, traded in at your dealership, serviced at your dealership, we've got full service records that we can provide 
to the client and say, hey, look, this is what was done to it. This is the history of the car. This is the whole story of the car. This is what you're getting into. And that immediately bumps up the value of the vehicle because then they know what the car they're getting, where it comes from and, and who it belonged to roughly, but that they took care of it. And then that your dealership can provide the necessary services to keep them coming back for the throughout the service process as well. They already know this car inside and out, especially if it is one of these A cars as we call them, right? They know that your dealership is going to be able to take care of them. You know, I've always li I've always liked those, um, but I'm always kind of curious. I'm curious, like, what do you think the, the the next version of that is? Because I think that storybook. I mean, I've been in a dealership as long as I can remember, right? So, you know, I definitely think it's there's there's an opportunity to kind of modernize the storybook. So, Ted, I'm curious for you, like, how would you modernize that storybook? Uh, I think the. When you're dealing with a trade, and I think there's one thing, I mean, having the storybook history is great. I think you, you turn the onus on to the, the customer a little bit. Um, we developed a one-page form that we, we filled out at the Plaza Group, and it was to the customer that was trading in the vehicle, and it was a series of questions. What did you love about the car? What did you not love about the car? What were one of your favorite memories? Those types of things. And I think you can, I think you can take the answers back. The most important question at the end was, would, would you want one of your family members to have this vehicle? Right? I mean, obviously, if the customer's going to say, yeah, I would feel good about giving it to one of my family members, then you know that it's probably been well-maintained and those types of things. So, I mean, it's just taking that concept, getting that, and then I think you make that part of the story of the car. So, again, we go back to the digital. We go back to the, um, the social media platforms. We talk about Instagram. And there's a story, right? I mean, rather than just static pictures, we create the story. This was John F.'s car. We don't have to say full names, right? We've got to yeah. you know, have, have privacy. But this, is, this was John F.'s car. And John told us that he loved this car. One of his favorite memories of this car was when he took it from here to here with his family for their first vacation at the beach, right? Whatever it might be. Um, and you're going to have these wonderful 30-second snippets of how that vehicle can then, you know, for, for the family might be buying a car for the child's turned 16, they're looking for a decent used car. What a great one. You know, the guy that owned it took his family down to Disney, whatever, any of those types of things. Because what you're trying to do, you know, I mentioned earlier that there's that lifestyle element. And if you look at advertising in the marketplace nowadays, it's really geared at lifestyle. 100%. Lifestyle for millennials, Gen Z, even, you know, my, my Gen X group, which are still the best group ever. But um, it's, it's creating that impression of this is somebody that I can trust because we know millennials and Gen Z, the reason they purchase is because they believe in the brand, they trust the brand, right? And the, the brand gives them a level of comfort beyond expectations. And, and that's, you know, that's really what you can do. And I think, you know, continuing some old with some new technology is a great way to do it. Now, when, when in the process would you implement that kind of questionnaire? So, so when, when, you're, when the sale of the new car is taking place, um, you know, we're still not, we're still, we still haven't gotten away from sit with a salesperson, that salesperson is the only person that does the deal. There's always that back and forth. But I think as you're filling out trade information, that's when you can turn the sheet and say, hey, one of the things we do here is we love to have the stories of the car. Can you please fill this out while I'm working with you on some information? And you know what's amazing? Customers have been, they were really great at filling it out. And the salespeople would sometimes ask the questions or they'd allow the sale customer to fill it out. And if the customer filled it out, we put that in the trunk of the car and we'd pull up, oh, this was such and such. And this is what they said about the car, this person that traded it in. And it just added that layer of validity to what we were doing. So I, I think, again, anything you can do that is going to provide peace of mind to the consumer is invaluable. And the way you do that is through testimonials. We 
talked about it yesterday, right? That when, when we're deal, dealing with advertising, it's not okay for us to say how great we are. What's important is, is the Google reviews or yes. um, any third-party endorsement that speaks to what you as, a organize, as an organization has, has done um, really does create a level of confidence that I think is beyond what people, you know, I think beyond what people would really expect out of, out of a car dealership today. Um, and the only other thing that I would say in, in, with regard to this uh, in-house strategy, um, there are a lot of companies out there that sell multiple products, right? I mean, Best Buy sells multiple branded products. We're no different. So we talk about training. Education on, on the OEM brand is vital. But every time a new car comes in, take the five, 10 minutes, assign it to somebody, make it fun, say, go learn about that car. You're telling everybody what it is in half an hour. And, and you know, have them go online, whatever they need to do to learn every nuance about that vehicle, and then present to the rest of the staff. Like, it's I, I so agree important. with you, I think product knowledge with used cars product is, knowledge is, with is, used is a cars. big one. You know, especially at franchises, because I think we fall very much so short of this. And it's like, if I'm looking for a more modern or progressive department, you know, I, I want to work with a professional. I want someone that I come into the Chevy dealership and I asked you about the 2016 BMW and you could actually tell me yeah. some, something about this. You know, yeah. it's, it's Make the team part of the education process on yeah. the car that comes in. So often it's the used car manager who writes down the notes, talks about it. Hey guys, here's the information. Get your staff to do it, make it fun. Um, and again, if you do that in conjunction with the testimonial from the consumer that's traded in, what, what a great story you have then. You know about the car, you know the history of the car and your consumer, how much more confident can they be? Yeah, 100%. I mean, you know, people, we've talked about it yesterday, people are more educated than ever. If you work yep. at, you know, a Honda store, for example, and you have a Volt, a Chevy Volt on trade-in, and you don't know, EV buyers, I've seen it myself, are probably the most, you know, annoyingly educated group that I've ever seen in the industry. If you don't know the, you know, the range of that vehicle or how long it takes to charge, you're going to be dead in the water because they already know those answers, mm -hmm. you know, so. 100%. And you, you know what's that funny thing is I've always kind of, you know, found kind of annoying is in used car departments is, you know, used car departments have a tendency of being the jack of all trades and master of nothing, you know, so they'll have everything from a Chevy Cobalt to, you know, to a Maserati, down to a Dodge Grand Caravan and stuff like that. And I've always wondered if it made more sense for modern or progressive depart, uh, used car departments to really kind of own a singular thing. Like I've, I've, I've never, I've yet to see a used car electric dealership, but I think that there's an opportunity there. Or There will you know, be, yeah. I, I, think there, I think there will be for sure. But I think this kind of leads us into our next kind of strategy here is, is operations. And uh, Paul, I'm gonna start you off with here and then we'll kind of move our way around. You know, again, we're looking to kind of outside of the box, that modern progressive department. You know, what does is, what is that operations strategy look like to you, Paul? Uh, well, operations, I mean, everybody has their ABC promises. I do the X amount of, you know, more inspections or I put my safety, you know, regards further than the, uh, the competitor. So, I mean, really pushing that point, I think is kind of lost nowadays. Um, I do think though, with the kind of progression that we're seeing with these online buyers, these not so much trial buyers, but they are skeptical. I know, especially when I was selling, um, when the showrooms were closed, you weren't allowed to let them do test drives. It was basically buy the car. The first time you're going to see it's when I show up in your laneway with the vehicle. Um, a lot of people were skeptical about there was no chance to it. I mean, a used car, you do need a, a the story behind it, which, uh, hey, if you got a testimony, that's kind of make you feel a little bit better. But if you have some sort of 
um, promise behind it as well that you know if you're not satisfied with this vehicle if this isn't up to your expectations we will come back and we will replace it with another vehicle that you're looking at and I've seen that with uh, a few dealerships around in my area and it's definitely pushed kind of that boundary where people were sitting at home waiting to the showrooms open again because uh, they did I mean news car is one thing I didn't have a problem really pushing on a news car because they've already drove that vehicle it's a new car you have warranty um, but hey, if you can back a good, a decent at least warranty that's, you know, I'm giving you a seven day promise that we drop this vehicle off in your, your laneway. If you're not happy with it, or if something happens with this vehicle, we will take care of you. Um, that's kind of one, one thing I think really needs to be pushed now more than ever since the customer is trying to do as much as they can at home. Well, it's that, it's that Amazon return policy. Exactly. I mean, they, I think they were one of the first to really kind of come out from an online, you know, seller and say, you don't like it. All right, well, take it back. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you just, that simple. But these dealerships get really sensitive about it and they're going, well, we're just going to end up with a bunch of people who just, it, it doesn't work. People that are looking at these vehicles are pretty damn serious. They're not going to just put it up because it has, you know, squeaky brakes you guys can't take care of. They are wanting to buy these vehicles. They do know the history of these vehicles as much as you've shown them. And if you can give them some sort of guarantee more than the guy down the street, they're definitely going to sit there and go with you compared to them. So I, I do definitely think that needs to happen. Ted, what would you like to add to the, kind of the well, modern I, progressive apartment operation yeah, strategy. Paul, Paul made, makes a good point. I mean, I had written down, you know, return and replace policy or, or three-day return. Um, and sure, we, we heard from our sales managers when we first started talking about it that, you know, they're just going to buy it on Friday, take it for the weekend and bring it back on Monday. No, people aren't going through that. I mean, people's time is valuable, right? <laughs> not going to necessarily do that. Um, I looked at the operation strategy a little differently. I looked at the um, you know, the strategy for bringing the cars in, what to do, reconditioning, things of that nature. So, you know, one of the things that I, I, I found is, um, and again, it's interdepartmental communication, which we talked about yesterday. Uh, most guys will turn the car over to service and, you know, the reconditioning bill comes in and it's, you know, a bit of a shock and then they're pricing and sometimes pricing out of the market or the margin is narrow. Um, some of the best dealers that I've ever dealt with they have a policy on what that litmus is for expense in the service department. So some will set 500 cap, 700 cap. Um, and what they're doing is they're saying, take care of every safety related item because safety is most important to the consumers. Anything else beyond that, as long as it's mechanically sound, leave it alone. We're not gonna do anything extra. We're gonna get out on the lot. We're gonna have a really good price with some room for movement. And then they allow the customer to dictate what happens next. Now, some people see this as favorable, some people don't, and I understand that. Um, but if the car's clean, if the car's mechanically sound, um, if it passes you know, the inspection that you set forth for your dealership, um, going overboard in the expense in the service department by allowing service to do it, is, it will, will handicap you. It will freeze assets, it, it, frozen capital, sorry. Um, and, and I don't think that's what you want. You wanna make sure that you're priced very effectively in the marketplace. Um, obviously, we want a chance to, you know, get a decent return, right? We don't want to gouge customers. Um, and I've seen dealerships that have preset, this is our margin. It's, it's kind of a one price used. And I think dealerships that did that during COVID were very, very successful. They said, this is the price. We don't negotiate. Every used car is different. And, and I don't think you can, um, you know, yes, somebody might have a 16, we talked about Honda. Somebody might have a 16 Honda Civic uh, on the next lot. Does it have the exact same kilometers? Is it the same color? Did, does it have the same tires and wheels? Did it have winter tires that came with? Like, there are so many variables when you're dealing with used cars. And I think it's, it's important to make sure that, you know, you adopt, 
really adapt and adopt strategies that are going to benefit you and your marketplace. You know, dealerships that are more rural have a little bit, I think in some regard, a little better opportunity to market their used cars because there's not as much competition. Um, but I really think you need to set from an operational standpoint, everything from, like we talked about, car comes in, it gets a clean. Pictures are taken, it's up online as quickly as possible. Uh, then it's gonna go get its reconditioning. We're gonna say, here's what has to be done, here's what's recommended. Make sure that your service department has that recommended list. If the customer's concerned about everything, you can show them the recommended. It is okay to say to them, these are things that are recommended, they're not necessary at this point in time, this car's gonna operate safely, it's functionally sound, it's all the things that you want. Um, and then again, make sure your pricing is, is correct, and, and again, tell the story, get out there and be social with it. Yeah, you can't have those you know, arguments in between departments, you know, the salesperson finds out there's $200 profit in this car and you go, yeah, well, you know, parts gouge just on the cost of the brake pads and then service overcharge for the installation. You have to get ahead of that and make sure that doesn't happen so that you can make money and all departments are the happy. The customer doesn't care what you yeah, put into the vehicle. Exactly. They just want to know, the more you put into it, the more safer they're gonna feel with that vehicle as well. So I feel, in a sense too, you're kind of shooting, shooting yourself in the foot by this is the, recommenda this is the recommendation of what we think, because they're gonna say, if you recommend it, then why haven't you done it? Oh um, no, you only bring yeah. it up if it becomes a, a conversation. I'm not saying you open it up to them, yeah. but you need to know what's, what, what might be recommended by your service department. Um, because again, you want, customer buys the car and then has an issue, you can look and say it was recommended, we should absorb some of this or, or, or more. I just think putting too much expense up front is, is prohibitive to moving and turning your inventory as quickly as I think you'd like to. Yeah, and that's more or less what I've got here too is uh, I've worked in a dealership where keeping in mind I'm totally looking at this from just as a sales guy perspective right yeah. um, but they set a cap okay say the repair if the repair bill is under X just go ahead and do it do everything do whatever you need to do get it on the lot if it's over that then your used car manager your used car department gets to review okay we're going to do at least these we can leave this and this maybe this doesn't quite need to get done right away but then that way you've got control over the the margins on the vehicle by deciding which work is necessary versus recommended versus everything. But you've also got a set cost from service coming each month. So you kind of know where your expenses are gonna, are gonna lie. Um, again, coming at it from a salesperson perspective, I don't know that it's fully feasible, but having that dedicated uh, reconditioning team as far as techs go, as far as the detail bay goes, right? Your trade comes in, you have a dedicated detailing team that their job is exclusively handling your used car lot and then bring, doing safeties, doing work doing things like that on used cars to make sure that that turnaround time is as fast as possible. Guys always get hit on tires. That's what I find is service department always wants to do tires. I'm going to ask a question because I don't know how much knowledge there is up here. Some of you guys may have more than me. But if we were talking about, say, five millimeter tread depth or three millimeter tread depth, and he's saying, no, we got to replace the tires. How long, how many kilometers do you think it is to, to kill off three millimeters, five millimeters of tread depth? Anybody? I had a customer that picked up a demo that was past safety at five, and within 5,000 kilometers, he had been below um, safety cap on it. So, so he's, he's driving excessive. Exactly. Everything's going to be driver dependent. It's exactly. a, yeah, it's about 10 to 14,000 kilometers is what you're fine. We'll use 10. Yeah. But so, so the question becomes 10,000 kilometers, that's six months worth of driving. Do we need to replace those tires at that point in time? Or is that something that we wait on. And again, it's all road conditions, location, things of that nature. It's just making sensible decisions. Again, it'll pass safety. It's doing it. It's a recommended. Um, again, I don't want to put anybody into an unsafe situation, which is why I say safety is absolutely mandatory. But after that, 
what's recommended and just managing it. It's like you said, it's not saying don't do things, it's saying do the right things and make sure that you're mindful of, of the dollars that are being spent. And that's, that's really creating that. I do find those selling used cars, used or new tires and new brakes are the two main things consumers really are jumping on. Yep. It's something you can really go back on uh, to help sell a vehicle and it will stand out. I mean, they'll overlook a blemish on a vehicle compared to the competitors if this one has new brakes or new tires. Um, so I do think those are two of the main things that we should really siphon in on as well. I'm with you guys. I think I think I think if you're looking at a progressive dealership, um, um, it definitely you definitely have some uh, expenses in control or control and expenses. You know, um, I, I agree with you. If if you're going to be a better progressive dealership, then you, you got there has to be another model. Um, I'm going to push you guys to even think a little bit more outside the box on kind of the operations side. And I'm thinking something's, you know, really kind of progressive, something modern. You know, I know that there are many companies that are popping up that are actually quite active right now in the U.S. about helping dealerships take their used car inventory and put them into subscription models. So I want to get you kind of kind of thoughts on that. You know, it's, you know, here are my cars and here are the cars you can drive from for $600 a month. Here's ones you can drive for $800 a month. 300, 1200, so on and so forth. Kind of always keeping this inventory kind of in this floating space, which is not far off from what we do when it comes to in-house leasing. So I, I, I have a lot of familiarities there. So I'd love to get your guys' thoughts. Tyler, I'll start with you and I'll work around the room. Well, I think that's an interesting way to go. I mean, it's almost like the you know vehicle rental model where you go, oh, this is what I can rent for $40 a day. If you're looking at you know exotic car companies that that have sort of exploded in the last little while. This is what I can rent for 800 a day, or I can get a Lambo for a thousand. You know, that's. I mean, that's. I think it's. I think it's interesting, and it. it um, you know, it, it. It might get rid of the um, unfortunate situation where you have someone who, uh, you know, is looking at let's say a used Yukon that's you know high 40s, and their budget is 300 a month. Right. And you. Well, how, how on earth is that going to happen? Right which is something you should try to get out of the way early. But I mean, I, you know, I think it's an interesting idea. I'd like to hear everyone else's thoughts on that. Well, sure. I think it'd be cool because like, do they really need that Yukon every single day? Like what yeah. if they, could they buy into that $300 subscription yeah. and then once a year, once every six months, you know, be able to have usage of something. You know, there are some manufacturers that are playing with this right now on the new car, but I haven't heard a whole lot on the used car. Justin, what are your thoughts? Yeah, that's an interesting thought for the used car department. Um, I don't know, as, as far as the, the customer goes, I typically find that the used car buyers, I don't know that they're the type of, of consumer that might necessarily need that switching so often into different types of vehicles. They're kind of finding the one that suits their needs in their life right now, but they need it every day. Um, I do, think there's, I do think there's absolutely some value there in that type of person that, you know, oh, we go up to the cottage three times a year and I need a truck when I'm going up there. And I think there's some... If you can provide the value versus a rental, then absolutely, it's it's an interesting way to take it. Ted, as Dr. Ken says on the Mass Singer, I know exactly how to solve this problem. <laughs> Not a lot of guys watch that apparently. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Sorry. Sorry. It's it's all right. Never mind. Um, I actually think that there's a better model than doing a year I, I plan with this. I, I think a, a subscription service concept would be really good and um, the way I would do it and I only say it because I had experience with car to go with Mercedes-Benz out in British Columbia when we launched out there um, 
if you, you know, as you get good, decent quality used cars, demos come off the road, whatever, you're moving them to, to the used car department, if, if that's what you do. Um, you could pick a suite of, say, six, ten cars. Um, you know, there's going to be some overhead expenses to set it up, but basically customers could come in uh, and swipe their card. They have a subscription membership and they can take the car and they can take the car for periods of time that are required and they're charged, credit cards charged. You got to be careful, obviously. You don't want to lose the vehicle, but there's safeguards that can be put in place. There's geofencing that you can do where customers can't drive beyond certain. Um, but I think it would be a grid, great utilization of your used car inventory, some, not all of it, uh, in a very unique way to allow consumers who may take the bus, may walk, may do whatever they do on their daily, but have a driver's license, can't afford a car, um, but do need transportation on weekends or during the week for a new job interview, whatever it might be. They come in, they swipe, they take the car, off they go, they replace it at the end of the use. With car to go it was different. I mean, you could drop it anywhere in the city and people could pick it up and you could go online and see exactly where it is. Yeah, it was more uh, of a convenience kind of thing. It was more a convenience kind of thing. But I think with a dealership, I mean, if you really wanted to be innovative and be different, you could do that with parameters where that vehicle gets returned to the lot upon completion of the drive. You know, if you want to go and drop it off at a rental agency, you've got rental companies for that. But if you want to be part of the ABC Motors family, then come on in, we'll sign you up. We do everything, credit check, whatever's required, know that they're in good standing and it's just a matter of everything gets logged in and their cards charged every time they come back based on kilometers and use. Yeah, I just, well, I just had this thought. It's kind of a different way. I don't know if anyone's doing this or not, but I mean, I own a, you know, a sports car that's now parked inside for six months. Is anyone doing a thing where, you know, a six month and six month thing where you can take, you know, an SUV or a pickup in the winter and then maybe go to a car or, you know, something sporty convertible Maybe more of a shorter term in ownership. In summer, yeah. I think, I think, guys, what we're talking about here is a, is a different type of ownership model. Yeah. And I think if you're going to try to be very modern and progressive and you're going to try to think outside the box, there's something there, you know, to a possible renting or subscription or, you know, shorter term ownership. But look, if I was told that, hey, all right, uh, your membership is, you know, 650 a month, all right, uh, those are the vehicles you can choose from. And uh, in 12 months, you can swap back out, you know, get another one. I'd, I'd probably swap something out. I think the only risk do. with that is, is what happens if, you know, 12 months down the road, you don't have what they might be looking for. It's true. Right? Because we know that the used car market is very cyclical. And right now, getting good used cars is difficult. Imagine if a guy was driving a pickup and on that 12-month subscription and needed that right now. It would just be challenging that if you didn't have something that met what their requirements were, what do you do? Do you, ex do you have to extend it? And does that interfere with your, your rollover process and everything like that? So lots to think about, but certainly innovative, certainly. All right, guys, we'll move on to, of course, my favorite strategy, the marketing uh, message here. Look, again, this is ABC Motors. They're building that new used car, used car department. All right, the goal is that they want it to be modern and progressive and they want to think outside of the box, come from a marketing perspective. Paul, I'll start with you and work my way around the table again. You know, how would you recommend this dealership market come from an outside um, of the box perspective? I agree. I mean, just working with you and kind of the thought process you have on marketing, you don't try and do a mass marketing scale to everybody. You don't try and hit everybody with one message or with one video. You have to um, pick different genres, different demographics, and you got to, you know, specify them out while you're doing these videos or that your message. So, 
Um, I would do things just simple like if you have a minivan, you're not going to send the minivan to everybody. You don't want to just mass market it to the 50,000 people around you. Um, you want to mass market it to the families around you. So being able to do specific marketing compared to just mass marketing and then gearing your videos or your message towards these people. I'm not going to sit there and show a family of four, uh, you know, the new two-door coupe. Um, that they're never going to use something like that. I would rather show them, you know, a, a modern vehicle that's going to work for them, showing them how I can put the kid seats in. These are the kind of things that you want to actually spend your money hitting the people that are actually going to absorb it rather than just people hoping to spray and pray basically attitude that we do where just everybody's going to love this video and everybody's going to come in on this vehicle. Uh, if you can actually get to the specific person you're trying to buy it to or at least the group of people, I think you're going to make a lot more uh, better choices with your marketing money on that. Ted, for yourself, what you know, what kind of a kind of an out out of the box marketing message would you recommend ABC Motors execute on? Yeah, I, don't, I it would be a combination. I mean, it's it's personalized, professional, and um, direct to. You know, I, I think some things that are missed are opportunities to you know when you get a good used car, it doesn't have to happen all the time, but using your database and sending it out, saying you know just arrived and letting your consumers that are engaged with you to know about what's happening, whether it's, you know, if you guys are doing weekly or monthly newsletters, you can give lists. I mean, you, you've got to utilize, um, and, and again, when I'm thinking about getting out there in the marketing space, uh, you know, there's all the different tools. I agree with Paul that you, you don't want to be too broad because if you're too broad, your message gets watered down. Um, but I think it's important to make sure that you're conveying to them the comforts. And, and Paul said earlier that that return and replace policy, you know, it's kind of gone that we'll be un we won't be undersold. I mean, that's urgency selling, in my opinion. I don't think you want that. It's it's we offer fantastic products, family products, lifestyle. We we do this and, and provide a level of comfort for the consumer. Again, making sure they understand that used cars are very popular these days, that it's a great decision to buy a used car from our lot, what we do to make sure the car is safe, sound for you and your family. Those types of messages are, are what's most important. Putting it into one specific message, I don't think you can. I think you really need to, you know, as, as we've talked about, is create the message that's kind of broad for everybody, but you're not sending it out too, too wide. Um, but again, it's, I will, and I, and I would ask the panel as well, who's paid more? for better service or driven further for a quality experience. I have, I do it all the time. I go back to skate sharpening, right? When I was playing hockey, you know, it was, I lived in Chilliwack, there were lots of guys that could do it there, but if there was one guy, I was a goaltender, had to be a high inside edge and all these different things because I was a little odd, but this guy got it right. And he got it right and I drove and he was more expensive, but it was worth it to me because it was perfect. And I think finding a way to put that message out to the consumers in your marketplace um, is good. And I think you can go broader, but be very targeted in, in where you're going to create that message. You know, when we, we hear about the limited availability of trucks, I don't know that you want to say, you know, just your immediate market. Well, that's something that I would be shouting out a little bit. I've got five trucks left. Nobody else does. And <laughs> you'll pull people from all, all over the place. No, it's true. That's right? true. Justin, what would you like to add to kind of that, that, that marketing strategy? I like that. Yeah, I think it's, depending on whether you go broad or, or targeted, it's got to be the different message, like you were saying, right? I think the, the broad story is is more 
the dealership story. I think it's more the the value you bring, what your processes are, being you know honest, straightforward, transparent with the client, what it looks like when you buy a used car from ABC Motors, and then the more targeted marketing is the is the vehicle specific story, the trade in story, the. Uh, when it comes to used cars, obviously, as you can tell, I've said it about nine times, story is, is huge for me personally, because that's what differentiates your 16 Honda Civic with 32,000K from the one two lots over with 24,000K on it, is knowing the history of the car, knowing that they're buying from a place that's reputable, that's going to provide them with the long time, lifetime service, the, the loyalty that they need. And so those need to be the, the broad messages and then the car messages is the, is the more targeted. And, 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 you know, just thinking about how many, how many websites you pop on and you go to used cars and it's just an inventory list. Okay. So what would be, you know, we, we, we have a, a number of people that are part of this mob and, you know, imagine, um, you know, one of them is a dealer principal, John Cott. Imagine if he had a personal message about the care that's done on every single used car for every single consumer. That was what started your pre-owned department before you rolled into anything else. So you click on used, there's a personal message from John or one of his sons or you know, general manager yourself, Paul, uh, being able to say, we take exceptional care in every car that we bring in, this is what we do, and this is why we create value for you every single day, right? Yep. Making sure that that consumer understands that you're not just flogging used cars, that you're providing them a service. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think the service has to come out in the message before the product has to come out in the message. Heather, would there be anything you'd like to add to that? Yeah, you sort of touched on what I had written down. Was, Sorry. Was, <laughs> it's all right, man. was typical of a goalie, I guess. Um, yeah. Was to, uh, is to share what you do well. You know, in, in that video of, of you know, the dealer principal saying, you know, if you have a question about something specific about the car, we'll send you a video. You know, with TikTok, for example, I keep going back to it, but if someone asks a question in the comments, you can actually respond directly to them with a video. So someone goes, hey, what's the exact mileage on this car? You know, you, a quick video of you walking in and sitting in the car and showing the dash. That's probably going to have a little more meaning than, you know, just you writing back in an email or a text. It's got 32785 on it because then they're getting to see the interior and that type of stuff. Uh, you know, thank you videos sending out with a link to uh, a Google review where, you know, hey, you know, thanks so much for... This could be more of an, on an individual basis, but you know, thanks so much for, for purchasing that car. We're, we're happy to have you as part of the ABC Motors family. Um, you know, here's a link below uh, to give us a Google review uh, to make sure that you are getting those reviews. Um, and then, you know, like I said, showing what you do well. You know, there's no tricks. There's videos of all of our cars. There's pictures of all of our cars. You're not gonna, you know, find out that you know the the passenger side is completely schmucked up because there's only two pictures of it that didn't show that. You know, there's videos of us. You can't lie in that type of stuff. So. I saw a dealer in the U.S. Um, that, I that I was working with. He modified his website, and you know, it can be used for used, can be used for new. But when you clicked into the department, the first thing that came up were Google reviews. So he had a line of, you know, the Google reviews, three across the top from different people, and then the byline underneath was, "These customers are extremely happy with their experience. Let's make your experience just as good as theirs." And then they went into inventory and other things. It was it was a really brilliant idea, really good. Well, guys, I think we touched on a, a lot of really neat stuff today. I mean, we're looking from an, an online strategy. I mean, you guys were very much so all kind of consistent and in, in with each other as far as the, you know, there really had to be a video, a big online video uh, strategy. I, I, I love the 360 URL, uh, the standalone website. I agree, right? I think for all of us, you know, this used car department is kind of like a secondary thing. It's because we sell new 
we just happen to have used and putting more of an emphasis and a focus on that is awesome. Lifestyle, look, we do such an amazing job on the new car side of taking our new products and showing the lifestyle that's around it. We don't really take that. Again, we're, we're just, it's just the product. We're not connecting that product to, you know, to a life, to a lifestyle or lifestyles change for customers. So that's awesome. Uh, video chat, I, I'm, I'm, I'm all for this. You know, I'm, I'm not a fan of talking to a machine or to, you know, or to a call center. It's like, it just doesn't feel warm enough, you know, to me because I, I think, look, we're, I'm looking to connect with somebody and build trust before I come in and make a 30, 40, 50, 60,000. It's like a template purchase. email you guys send out. It doesn't get it. Yeah. yeah. Um, just I, imagine if, if the customer that was dealing with Jason online comes into the store and says, where's Jason? He, he did such a good, i like to meet him. Uh, we don't I have, have no a Jason that works Jason here. Is, so, yeah. so right away, customer that's taken the time to come to the dealership because of the job Jason did is now in a distrusting situation because, what do you mean he's not here? I just, I spent this much time with him. Then you say, oh no, it was an online guy. It's just not a good thing. I make, think being make able it, to have a video chat with the actual person absolutely. and ask him the questions that maybe the listing did not provide, you know, and just being able to connect with that person face to face. So when I come in, I know exactly who I'm asking for. I'm looking through the room. There's, that's the girl I was talking to. I'm going right over there. You know, um, I love the social, the social reviews and the ownership reviews. I thought that was super cool. Like I, I, I'm probably going to use that one, Go ahead. Ted. I think a lot of people out there can see some great value because it, you're getting the sales, you're getting the customer to sell you the car, which we've always tried to do, but we've, we take a very kind of systematic approach when this is more of a story approach. I mean, who doesn't want to tell the story of their, of, of their current vehicle because they want us to buy it. Right. And then that story is a great story that can be translated over and someone can connect with it. I think it's cool because it's not a story a dealership is creating. It's a story of that previous owner. I think that's, that's absolutely awesome. Like I think we talked about some great in-house strategies, you know, just the way that it's structured and the flow of everything. You know, operation strategies, I think we're all kind of agreeing that there, there is kind of a new ownership model. I'm, I'm not sure exactly what it is, but I, I think if someone is, is putting together a new used car department and they're looking to be modern, they want to be progressive, that they definitely probably need to entertain some other type of ownership model, be it a short term or rentals or combination of it all. You know, the marketing strategies, I, I love what you guys put out here. You know, it's, it's, it's funny because we don't do this. We're so product first in all of our used car marketing efforts. I, I love being service and experience first before I get you and say, all right, here's the cars. Like, let me show you that service. Let me show you that experience. Hey guys, thank you so much for taking the time to do this today. This has been a lot of fun. I think everybody out there that are running used car departments or, or looking to remodel re or um, find ways to uh, look outside the box. This has been some great information. So, so thank you again, guys, for taking the time. This is fun. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you.